What if you were to listen to an internationally acclaimed, multi-award-winning illusionist, and he had something far more to say than, watch this trick? Rick Thomas is that performer, ready to go far beyond his magic and far beyond your imagination as he shares secrets regarding our dreams. Dreams that can become reality. The future belongs to those who believe in the strength of their dreams. Dreams pass into the reality of action. From the action stems the dream again. And this interdependence produces the highest form of living. Join Rick and his co-host, award-winning broadcaster Tammy Trujillo. For nothing happens until you dream. Indulge your mind and take a journey never to be forgotten. A journey connecting all of our dreams as we chase them together. We are talking about tigers. It's oh, going yes. to be a big part of our podcast. There is a secret section of tigers on my website. So if you go to rickthomas.com, there mm-hmm. is a page, one of the pages there, that has a picture of a tiger on it. If you click that picture, it will take you to a secondary part of the website that is not easily tied into the site. And it's all about my tigers. It's the history of the tigers. We have videos of the tigers, pictures. You've got to check it out. That way, go to the site and discover the tigers. And I kind of put it that way because I never wanted anybody to feel or think that my whole life was centered around the tigers Mm -hmm. or that I utilized the tigers and that they were my reason for my success. In my show, people would say, you know, what, what do you feel about the use of tigers? I say they're part of my show, but they aren't my show. I believe that Siegfried and Roy, the famous magicians in Vegas, it was all about their tigers. Right. But for me, I wanted to make sure that they were just part of what Rick Thomas is. So though they are part of my life, though they were 20 years of my life, they aren't just in your face on my website. I put them in a position where if somebody wants to find them and find out a little information, just find the picture of the tiger there and click on it and it'll take you to a great spot on the web. Well, I didn't even know that was there. So you know what well, I'm going to be doing. Well, there you go. A little bit of magic. Well, I've got a question for you. And this was actually asked by one of my college students who follows the podcast. And they've seen some videos and they've looked at the pictures online and they've seen you with the tigers up on your shoulder during the performances. They've seen you touching the tigers. They're curious about the fact, she asked me, could he actually pet them like a cat or have them not just sit on your lap, but, you know, sit next to you and like, just like a giant kitty cat? That is a massively hard question Mm -hmm. to answer, but part of it is yes, if they are well-fed <laughs> and they are comfortable with you and mm-hmm. you work with them constantly, yes, you can sit with the tigers, but it's not in their DNA to be kind, loving animals. Mm-hmm. And I've given the example. I talk about people who have a cat and ask if anybody has been sitting there. My example is if you've been sitting there late at night, minding your own business, maybe watching television, how many of you have a cat and all of a sudden, for no reason, they come up and smack you in the head uh-huh. or bite you in the toe? Uh-huh. Okay, That is a feline trait. Mm-hmm. And multiply that by a 100 or maybe a 1,000, and now you have a tiger. So they can be kind. They can be loving. They'll come up to you and they will chuff, Mm -hmm. as we've discussed before, make this chuffing noise, which sounds like, 
That's a chuff for a tiger. That, that's a good and they'll imitation. And they'll rub up against – they'll rub up. Want to do that one more time? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great sound. It's a wonderful that's sound. That's a chuff. When you hear that, they want to be in your presence. Mm-hmm. You're okay when you hear a chuff. So, yes, you can hear a chuff. Yes, you can grab them by the head and give them a good pat. And, and they'll care about you as long as you are taking care of them. Mm-hmm. And I say that again. Anybody who has a cat, they basically rule – the <laughs> kingdom. Yes. They rule your life. You do everything for the cat. If the cat will give you love, if you feed them, the cat will give you love if you pet them. But the cat will also walk away for no apparent reason because they don't need you anymore. Mm-hmm. They are going to go on with their life. They're going to find a corner. They're going to go to sleep. <laughs> and the same thing with tigers. We only utilize and, and work with the tigers briefly in any presentation because they find less interest the longer it takes. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a few minutes and then they're gone thinking about something else and they don't want to be there. So you have to be aware of that. And I will tell you, the masters of this, and this is an inside secret, but it's true. The master of this were Siegfried and Roy. It showed Roy literally there on one of their massive beds in mm-hmm. their home and the yeah. white tiger walking up to him and, and sitting there next to him as though they were indoor pets. Mm-hmm. My dear friends, that was for the camera. That is not how Siegfried and Roy <laughs> lived their lives. Those tigers did not walk through their home free of charge. They literally, literally were outside in an outside habitat and those shots were made specifically for PR and they did it and they did it well. So you also know, of course, what happened to Roy and there are dangers. And when when someone, if someone ever tells me about people being hurt by these animals, I'll Mm -hmm. tell them if if someone says to you, they've never been hurt, then they probably are lying to you. And that's just because they're an animal. And I'm not talking just about tigers. I'm talking about your own dogs and cats. I've seen more people who literally just walk up to a friend's dog Mm -hmm. and that dog for no reason takes a bite out of their hand like no other. And you're like, are you really, are you kidding me? This is supposed to be a trained, loving animal. So the animal kingdom is finicky, cats more so than the dogs, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but the dogs can be more aggressive uh, unless you're dealing with lions, tigers, and uh, cheetahs, and things like that. So the best way to put it is, yes, it appeared that they were my best buddies, and that's the way you do it for a presentation. I didn't have a fear so much of what they would do to anybody because we truly had a relationship that was positive, but you could never take your eyes off of them. Mm -hmm. You would never turn your back on them. Ever. So there's a trust factor. There's a heightened sense of awareness, but it only goes so far. Well, there's a great saying that dogs have masters and cats have servants. Bingo. <laughs> and that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> I have dogs and cats and boy, that couldn't be more true. Yeah, when you talk about the accident with Roy, oddly enough, it's kind of strange that we hit this part of the book right at this particular time because that was almost to the day 19 years ago that that accident happened. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And to me, of course, as it does in life, it feels like it was last week. Yeah. Talking about the aggression of these animals uh, and people getting bit by a dog or scratched by a cat. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you what I did do 
with my dancers to help them understand the dangers they faced because I would consistently walk around with the tigers on a leash Mm -hmm. backstage in preparation for the show. We'd walk them from one section of the stage to the other. I would walk them to the back trailers before I took them back home to my habitat. And these were just casual ways of getting these animals moved from one place to another. Mm -hmm. And I would have a feeding demonstration. So once every probably one or two months and the dancers, some of them had been with me for a long time You know, they'd seen it before, been there, done that, but it doesn't matter. I did it not just for them, but for myself to remind myself that you don't mess around. It is a very serious situation to always um, keep your eye on. And we would put a a tiger in in a holding area Mm -hmm. and then I would have all the dancers stand close to it. And I would throw like a, a chicken that we picked up from a grocery store, just throw it into the cage. And that cat immediately turns green. And an explanation about turning green is these cats have brown, deep brown and black eyes. Mm -hmm. And when they turn green or they turn aggressive, their eyes literally turn green. They go green. And when someone says to you, the tiger's gone green, you do not want to be near that animal. You hope that there's a barrier between the two of you. Because at that point, the aggression, the adrenaline, whatever kicks in with that animal, there is no way you can turn it off. You can't turn that spigot off. So they're aggressive and they've turned green and it takes a fair amount of time for them to calm down. So even with their understanding and my training and my working with these animals, as long as I have, the moment I give them that chicken, they turn green. If I attempted to walk into their area, I'd be done for. I don't care who you are, who who you think you are, those animals will attack you because they are now protecting the food that's in front of them mm-hmm. and they're not going to let you have it. It is an aggression and when they turn green, that switch turns on and you better be out of there. Now, I say that because all I have to do is just go to, let's talk about your own pets. Let's go to a dog or a cat. Now, put food in front of your dog. Mm-hmm. I see that dog's extremely hungry and you put the food in front of the dog. My suggestion to you, well, actually I don't suggest it, <laughs> but go ahead and try to take the food away from that dog and see their, their response. Many of those animals will growl at you and either snap at you or bite you because mm-hmm. you're taking away their food and it's theirs. There's a possession that cannot be crossed. And people say, well, that's the animal kingdom. And I beg to differ. I think humans are absolutely the same. (laughs) We just keep ourselves well fed. How do I give this as an example? How many of you at a fast food restaurant Mm -hmm. are literally sitting there and if somebody reached over and grabbed one of your fries... Without permission. Without permission. Well, I can guarantee you most of you would want to knock their head off. (laughs) Because I know... I know for a fact that the person that wins the best in any fast food scenario is the guy who gives everybody their food from the bag because he knows that or she knows at the bottom of the bag, a few of the fries have fallen out (laughs) and they get the extras. Don't tell me you've never experienced this before. So here's your hamburger, here's Uh your fries, Uh and here's your fries. And by the way, I've got my fries and about 10 more on the bottom of the bag. (laughs) Now we know your secret. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you now, you're going to be pretty ticked off. Even if you're not going to like slap them or hit them, you're going to look at them with a pretty stern look Mm -hmm. as to why are you eating my fries? (laughs) Now, when a tiger goes green Mm -hmm. and they roar, you can hear it a mile away. And if you're standing next to that creature, 
that roar goes from your head right through the bottom of your toes. It vibrates your entire existence. And I guarantee, I tell the dancers, anybody who'd never seen this before, be prepared. When you see this, you will have nightmares. Wow. Wow. And they'll say, sure. I said, no, you will have nightmares and it may take you a while to get over this because the roar and the aggression that they see is phenomenal. They are the king of the jungle. They rock. They are stunning. Yes, they are dangerous, and there are ways of handling them safely. But I do that because I never wanted anybody to take it for granted Mm -hmm. that they still weren't an animal of the wild. Well, I've always wondered what dancers coming into your show who've never been near a tiger, I mean, maybe at a zoo where they're 50 feet away or something, how they adjusted to the fact that these animals were right there in front of them and often rather close to them. Mm -hmm. I made sure that every time a tiger appeared on stage or was anywhere in that area that the dancers had cleared the stage by then okay, or were in a safe spot. Mm -hmm. That's the same with audience. I always tried to make sure that that was always the case. Uh, And the only people that were literally at that time on the stage were myself, my tiger, and one of my handlers. Mm -hmm. And we always worked in pairs just for the protection of the two of us. That's the same thing with so many things we do in life. I scuba dive. I've loved to scuba dive my whole life, but you never dive alone. You dive with a partner. You know, there's just things that you do. And one of those is always making sure you have somebody back you up. Mm -hmm, Just in case. Do you think that the fact when you had tigers in the show, because again, they are the most fascinating animals to most people. They're the animal. I think that most people would say, you know, if you asked what animal would you most like to see up close and personal, that probably would be the number one animal, I guess. Do you think that yes. was an attraction for some of the dancers who came to your auditions? Because it's okay, he's the guy with the tigers. Oh, what do you think? Goodness. Okay, I would say possibly yes. I know that often the dancers would have the privilege of having photos taken with the tigers, mm-hmm. as you did. Yes, I coming did. Coming over to my coming over to my habitat at my home, baby Morpheus. And to this day, they have them on their phones, mm-hmm. a picture of them with the tiger on mm-hmm. their phone mm-hmm. as their phone cover or or a memorable experience they have hanging on their wall. Of course. Uh, I'm telling you, I am one of the privileged few in this world who've had that opportunity to be around these animals, and so are they. And when they get that chance, that mm-hmm. opportunity, that one chance to actually have a photo taken uh, or a remembrance in that matter, I think it's it's a pretty big deal. Also with my show, this has nothing to do with the Tigers, but I always made sure that the dancers I brought into my show, those artists that came forward and wanted to be part of the production, that they knew nothing about magic. They had not been in a magic show before. In fact, I'm doing a shout out to all the dancers now. If you've performed in another magic show or been part of that world, Mm -hmm. don't put it on your resume that you send to me because (laughs) I love... I love to share with them and be the first person to share with them the world of magic and share it with them my way. Some people, they'll say, oh, I've done this, I've done that, uh, and they can already know everything. Mm, and you can't, te- you can't teach them because they know everything. But on the other hand, how fascinating it's always been for me to watch these dancers join the show and literally just their eyes 
are huge and their jaws drop when they actually see how we accomplish these amazing effects. There was a gentleman last night. We do a backstage experience at my show and we bring back the audience backstage in the intermission mm-hmm. and they have a photo taken with the great Pyrenees dogs, the dancers and myself on our stairs. And he just, he, he literally, he's standing right next to me and we had not even finished the first half of the show. And yes, Tara at that time had already uh, danced in the air mm-hmm. and he said, I'm telling you, there's just no way. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, no way. What? He goes, no way. And he just kept saying, there's no way. I said, would you tell me there? What, what are you talking about? And he says, I know physics. I know you can't fly in the air. I know you can't do that. But he says, I just witnessed that, that uh-huh. I don't get this. And I say, good. I would say, don't lose sleep over it. <laughs> Chill out. And lucky for me and you, we are not even done yet. We got a second half. So go out there and enjoy the rest of the show. But it's just fascinating to see people. And, and that's what my dancers are. They're like, it's, that's no way. And my wife, Tara, mm-hmm. her um, brother in law, they came out from Australia. And he asked if I would allow him to be backstage during the show. Now, I'm going to say that once again, just like the working with the Tigers, there are a privileged few. Mostly Mm -hmm. it's with family. And uh, he, he joined the show backstage. And I can tell you, I would say one of the highlights of his life, what he experienced and what he saw was mind bending. And his words were correct. It is a more amazing show backstage than it is in front of the audience with the things that are seen. I wish sometimes the audience realized how difficult it is to pull off what they see. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take just a day or two. It can take months or years to create something of that caliber to blow their mind. And it's it's fun to have them see it um, up close and personal. Well, now I know what I'm going to be begging you for. So uh, be prepared. Be prepared. That's why we created the we created the backstage experience because my great joy is to always stand on a stage where I just saw a performance. So we give the audience that chance to actually walk up on that stage, stand there, look around, see the sets, pet the dogs, be part of the show rather than than just in the audience. And for me, that relationship. It ties us together like you couldn't ask for a better moment than to be part of that backstage experience. Well, I want to make it clear to everybody, we're talking about the Tigers, and we still have a lot to talk about with the Tigers, but we're going to talk about those beautiful dogs at some point during the podcast. I don't want them to feel slighted, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I mean, they're not Tigers, but they are beautiful unto themselves, and they're going to get their day on the podcast. So, you know, if you're a dog Mm. lover, don't think, well, come on, guys, you know, storm, thunder, and lightning. Come on, let's get to it. So we will. We promise, right? We do promise. We do promise. Because they're amazing. Now, you asked me a question. I know I'm talking a lot today. I've got a few more things I truly want to say Mm -hmm. before this podcast even comes to a close. But is there anything else on your mind before I start to share a few more challenges we face with these animals? Well, just that, again, I, I want people to understand something else about you and those tigers that I know. They weren't just part of your show. They were, as you said, part of your life. But you were also very involved in the conservation of tigers, I know you were concerned about that because tigers are endangered animals because because of people, because people want them for certain parts of them, like their beautiful fur or this, Mm -hmm. that, or the other thing. So they're highly prized, not as animals, which is 
to me disgusting. But I believe I saw a stat, and correct me if I'm wrong, that there are more tigers in captivity, and I don't mean as pets, in zoos and preserves and such, than are out in the wild these days. Absolutely, absolutely 100% correct. There are more animals in captivity, Mm -hmm. but that's a good thing, believe it or not. Because they're safe. Because if we didn't step in Mm -hmm. and we didn't cause them to be captive, Mm -hmm. their population would be zero. Right. Our efforts to protect them now and put them in reserves where they cannot be poached, there's not many left. There's just a few thousand like a few thousand Bengal tigers left in the wild. It's crazy. But we got to protect them Mm -hmm. because if we don't, there will be zero. They're worth well over $100,000 a piece dead. Oh my gosh. So you can't stop these poachers from going out there and poaching. So the only way we're going to see these animals in Mm -hmm. the future is possibly in a captive state, Mm -hmm. whether it be a zoo, whatever it is, uh, captivity is, and people can scream and yell and say, set them free. But without the captive tiger and preservation in that way, we wouldn't have them to be, I mean, they'd be extinct. So it's hard. You say, well, we have to stop the poachers from poaching before we put them back out in the wild. Because if we put them back out in the wild, they're just going to kill them. Right. So it's really, really challenging scenario. But as far as captivity, yes, there are right and wrong ways to take care of animals. Mm -hmm. But in the process... Captivity is a way we have been able to preserve mm-hmm. that particular animal. We don't so want a world without tigers. Yeah, sometimes we don't. you need to look at the pros and cons, and mm-hmm. we understand, and mm-hmm. I do. And I and it's so hard sometimes to talk about the tigers when there are so many people who don't believe I should have ever had them in my show. But uh, again, we are, we are uh, responsible to the USDA, right. and the USDA requires – Listen to me carefully on this one. They require me to display the tigers. If I have these animals and I have them in captivity, part of my responsibility is education. Mm -hmm. And that means put them on display and educate the public about their endangerment. And I always talk about how they're endangered. But that's part of the requirement of having these animals, not just to have them. Government doesn't want you to just have the animals as well. And if you do, then it's got to be a purpose. Mm -hmm. So there's got to be more than just say, hey, look, here I have a tiger and look how cool I am. That's not what it's about. It's, okay, I do have tigers, but they're endangered and you should be part of protecting something on the face of this earth. doesn't have to be tigers, but I always tell people at least I'm trying to save something. Right. And I say that to everyone here today. Be part of saving something on this earth. Mm -hmm. If it's even yourself, (laughs) start with you. And save something. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm very proud of my time with them. I'm proud of my mental directive I have in my life regarding these animals and my respect for them. And I do hope people walk away from this realizing that Rick Thomas did care about these animals. I still do. And I did everything in my power both mentally, physically, and financially to take care of them. Well, we do not want a and, world uh, without tigers, a world without elephants, a world without all these beautiful animals. So conservation, really important. And I will say, I did see a story this this week that a tigress somewhere, I think it was around Czechoslovakia, had six cubs in a zoo. So hooray. Oh, wonderful. Six more tigers. Yay. See, we even got a celebratory tone for that. So, yeah, that was okay. Perfect. I should turn my phone, should turn my phone off. Yeah, but when, the timing was nice. <laughs> oh, we and our phones, we and yes. our uh, lives. So let me, let me share with you a few more thoughts about 
the dangers that we live with. Mm-hmm. My feelings, my thoughts, and my well wishes go out to the people currently in Florida. Oh, yes. Uh, and the devastation that occurred with storms that ravaged the area. You know, for the rest of us that aren't near that area, for a few days, we've watched it intently. We've looked at the destruction and the devastation. And it's always fascinating that it just takes a very little bit of time when our own lives and our lives get, you know, basically they get in the way, our life gets in the way, and we we go on with our lives and they have to pick up the pieces, which will not take weeks, but will take months and years. It's it's like we put it out of our mind. It's like it doesn't exist anymore. So I just want to shout out to those people and say our thoughts and prayers are with you. Absolutely. And I bring it up because we went through kind of the same thing. When I was out in Guam with the tigers, we had a typhoon come through Guam, and the typhoon was 180 miles an hour. Oh, my gosh. This was a major typhoon. Wow. It wiped out most of the island. I know the theater that we were in was partially destroyed. It was a couple months before they could even put that back together. We lost electricity for the better part of a month. And I I bring it to your attention because I want to walk through what happened to me that night when the typhoon went through Guam. So, of course, my tigers are my priority. Mm -hmm. They were and they continued to be, of course, with the show. And we knew the typhoon was coming in. So we gathered the tigers and put them in their interior holding areas. Mm -hmm. And I literally at that night slept with the tigers. I slept on the floor of the stage. I put a sleeping bag out and the tigers lined the back wall and I laid right next to the tigers as we listened to the howling wind. Wow. And the other thing that's fascinating is in Guam, they have coconuts. Uh-huh. And one of the big things they told everybody there was, you've got to hide because coconuts are like cannonballs. Oh my gosh. In 180 mile an hour winds, of they course. come off these, these trees and they fly like cannonballs. So there's a lot of danger that goes on, of course, and the devastation, as you can see in Florida, was uh, there's no words for it. Mm -mm. It's it's massive destruction. We were worried, of course, I'm laying there and listening to the howling winds and praying that the sidewalls of the theater stay in place. And there is a massive banging on the back wall of the theater back door. Mm -hmm. And I hear somebody saying, get out, get out now. And I answer it. And at that time, it was my brother-in-law. He was there in Guam helping with the show. Uh-huh. And he said, Rick, you've got to go. You've got to go now. We have a tsunami. Oh, no. And I kept screaming. Now, we're, it's really loud. So I'm screaming and I say, it's not a tsunami. It's a typhoon. And we're living through it right now. He goes, no, tsunami. He says, I know about the typhoon, but there was an earthquake in Japan just now. And they're oh. saying a tsunami is going to hit Guam as well. Oh my so God. here we are oh laying God. there with my tigers, de- dealing with a typhoon and now a tsunami. Oh my and God. there was no way, there was no way. Physically, mm-hmm. we could move the tigers anywhere else in that scenario. Mm-mm. The typhoon was just ballistic. I literally then took and pushed the tigers to the center of the theater. Mm-hmm. And with tears in my eyes, I had to walk away oh. from those animals, Ouch. knowing that we had to go to higher ground. Oh, dear. So we got to higher ground. Luckily, Guam was spared from the tsunami. The typhoon, of course, was bad enough. We got back to the theater. The tigers were fine. But even at that moment, with a typhoon and a tsunami all at once, it was a big scare. So as far as my thoughts regarding the dangers of the world, people say, Mm. what is it like dealing with your tigers? 
I personally think that there's a lot more dangers beyond my tigers that all of us <laughs> need to worry about. We didn't have electricity for weeks. The damage was horrific. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest problems or the biggest worries that they had, of course, in the show was somebody getting hurt by a tiger. Right. Of course, I have insurance. Mm -hmm. uh, it is there in case there are accidents. And that was the concern. And the only thing that ever happened to anybody during my production with the Tigers was a set piece, a set piece, nothing to do from my show, mm -hmm. nothing to do from my magic or even the Tigers, a set piece fell on top of our lead singer and put him in the hospital gave him a concussion, but just being on stage is dangerous, but it was a set piece. It wasn't the tigers. <laughs> they weren't the biggest, you know, the biggest thing that ever happened of was somebody things. was hit by a set. Right. <laughs> and, and so everybody thought that the greatest danger was the tigers. And even in my life, people would say, Rick, aren't you scared of the tigers? Well, I don't know. Are you scared of typhoons? Are you scared mm -hmm. of tsunamis? What about just scared of walking out the front door of your house and walking off the curb and starting your day? Yeah. yeah. I'm scared of the world around us. It's a scary Remember, world. <laughs> we all choose our lot in life. And part of mine was working with the tigers. Mm -hmm. But when I put it in perspective with what we deal with as human beings, there's a lot of challenges that we all face. And it's not usually the tigers that we need to be scared of. There's another saying that says, it's not the mountains we trip over, it's the pebbles. Mm-hmm. True. You can see the mountains. True. You can see the tigers. And many of us who work with tigers, we're well-trained mm -hmm. and we understand the challenges we faced. And because we have that heightened sense of awareness, our chances of getting hurt are less because we are always attentive. We are always watching our backs. But for those of us who don't, for those of us who put our guard down, and that's against even other human being or an animal or the elements that are around us, understand that this world we live in is rough on all of us. And the tigers are the least of your worries. <laughs> that's putting it in definite perspective, Rick. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So that's how I get to, to sleep at night. Oh, my gosh. But, but I will tell you, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. I don't think I wrote this in the book. Mm -hmm. But I can say that I had nightmares. I had nightmares for many, many years working with the tigers. Mm -hmm. I'd wake up cold sweat just because things happen. But it wasn't just for me. It was for my family. I have a wife and children, and those nightmares were often, what am I doing to protect my family? Am I mm -hmm. putting them in harm's way? And those things haunted me in my sleep. So it's not that I was somebody who was not phased by these challenges, but I did want to make sure that even my dancers had the experience of having nightmares, oh, <laughs> being around these animals by not taking them for granted and, and putting mm -hmm. up their guard. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of tigers in our lives, and I'm not talking about the physical tiger. I'm talking about the challenges that you face, the world around you, walking to your car from the grocery store, checking everything around you just in life in general. Be more aware of your surroundings. Be more aware of the people around you. Be more aware of what you say to them because what you say to other people affects them both for good and bad. Just be more aware of the world you live in and be a positive force and stop worrying about the tigers. <laughs> We'd have a much better world if everybody could follow that very simple thing. You talked about protecting your family, Rick, and I want to segue that into another way of protecting your family. And as a news anchor, the stories abound right now about our economy. 
the stories aren't getting better, Rick. They're getting uh-uh. more scary every single day. Uh-huh. For the thousands of people now who are listening to this podcast, woohoo! Thank you. Yes, it's wonderful. But how many of you have actually started to consider diversifying and protecting your family from the tigers of the world, from the economy that we're dealing with? with our fuel prices, our food prices, the stock market, Mm -hmm. the challenges we face, even our own bank accounts. All I'm saying is protect yourself, diversify. And in my scenario, I embraced precious metals, gold and silver. I bring it to your attention. I know that's what you were asking. Yes. And it's because it changed our lives. Now, this is what I'm going to tell you. A lot of people think that when we talk about gold and silver, We need a bounty. We need so much money to invest that you don't fit into that category. Even starting by buying one silver coin, Mm -hmm. and silver is going for about $30 an ounce right now. You can get a silver eagle coin. We call that bullion, okay? Okay. A coin that you actually hold in your hands, Mm -hmm. and it's called bullion. You can buy one silver coin, pure silver for about $30 and you buy one coin, you've now at least invested in real money. It's not fake. It's not in the markets. It's not in your bank account. It's not a whole bunch of zeros and ones. It's <laughs> real money. And it's hard for us. When we walked away from the gold standard mm-hmm. and we started living on credit cards and we started living on uh, ATMs and so now we just take our phone and we just tap it against right. the we take our phone we yes. tap it against the, the register and it's done. Uh-huh. That's I'm telling you again, he or she who holds the gold will make the rules and you can be part of it even if it's by just buying one silver coin at a time. You can afford it. It is worth it. And once you hold on to that for the first time in your hands, not the American quarter, dime, nickel, penny. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about real silver. And my suggestion, first and foremost, grab yourself a silver eagle and start investing today in your life by protecting what you already have. And yes, we're going to have a Zoom event. Yes. We better plan it. Next week, we will then give you the date Mm -hmm. and time. Mm -hmm. We expect people to be there. I will tell you my life story about how it fell into my lap and what you need to know personally for yourself to consider at least protecting your family in other ways other than the almighty paper dollar. And also, we'll get a little magic in there, of course. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, I promise. We have to. We'll share with you. We're going to share with you the Mansion of Dreams. Mm-hmm. We'll have videos that really display the production, and, and we'll have uh, questions and answers and all kinds of great things. It'll be a good event. So listen for that on our next episode. We'll give you the dates, the times, the how-tos, and all of that. If you can't wait, though, if you can't wait, now Rick's got you going here, mansionofdreams.net slash wealth. And there is just a little quick form to fill out. Very, very simple. Rick does not sell your information. I know that. Nope. Um, But he will talk to you about this. So if you can't wait for our online event, you can jump on it right now. I mean, $30. You know, what is that, like three Starbucks or something? (laughs) It's not much (laughs) more. (laughs) Here's the the great thing. It is exactly what silver is worth. When Uh you buy silver and gold, that's what you're paying for. So when you buy one of those coins... That's what you're buying it for. I'm just trying to tell people and scream from the rooftops. And I'm, I'm not the only person doing it. Mm-hmm. You can turn on television and they're literally telling you, buy gold now. Yes, they are. Listen, be part of that part of the world that does something to really protect your family and ensure 
that you have some wealth that's not going to just disappear on you. Into the ether. And uh, I'm excited. So Mm -hmm. that was the first part of the secret. You can simply be part of it by grabbing yourself a silver eagle or any type of, it doesn't matter as long as you're just buying silver. It could be Mm -hmm. a silver bar, a five ounce, 10 ounce, 20 ounce, a kilo. I don't care what it is. You can just literally buy silver or gold. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to have a special mark on it. In the end, when you trade your gold and silver, it isn't what it looks like. It is literally the weight of what it is. So let's start collecting. Yep. Something to think about. So next episode, we'll give you the details on that coming up toward the end of the month. And next week, well, guess what? We're going to talk about more tigers and this time the tigers head to Vegas. And yes, a lot of, off lot to of Vegas. A lot of great stuff in the chapter. I'm looking forward to chapter 10. Hope you enjoyed chapter 9. We're getting our tiger talk in, and it's exciting. I love it, Rick. Thank you so much. I thank you as well. It is a pleasure, and I'm so happy that there are people out there that find this intriguing and of interest. I'm just having a blast. Me too. Tell your friends about Nothing Happens Until You Dream. Get them on the podcast as well. We'd love to have everybody listen. Thanks for joining us this week week on Nothing Happens Until You Dream, starring Rick Thomas and featuring Tammy Trujillo, and is based on Rick Thomas's best-selling book, The Tiger Whisker, available on rickthomas.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. And check us out on Patreon for exclusive members-only content. Stay up to date with Rick and Tammy at nothinghappensintoyoudream.com. Remember, you must follow your dreams, not only for yourself, but for the rest of our future. We'll see you on the next episode.